Thank you for listening to the A Stomping Ground on 365 Sportscast. The A Stomping Ground is sponsored by Dent Solutions of Napa Valley, House Doctors Painting of San Jose, and American Asphalt of Hayward. Now, back with you for another hour of Ace Talk, your host, Brandon Greco. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the A Stomping Ground. I am your host, Brandon Greco. And last week was, uh, started out pretty good, didn't end so great. There's some stuff that happened that we'll get into, some players being moved that we'll get into. Currently, going into game two of the Texas series on a three-game losing streak, we'll talk about how they got to this point, we'll talk about what's next this week, we'll talk about the usual stuff, we'll talk about who's been playing good, who's been playing not so good, who needs to show up, and who I'm just sick and tired of at this point. So that's what we'll get into coming up next. But first first up on the list, we got to get into the dings and dents of the team, which is sponsored by Dent Solution. How many of us have parked far away to try and avoid having someone or something dent our car? If you are like me and love your ride, I guarantee you hate dents. It can be a hassle dealing with insurance or simply finding that correct paint job for that fine finish. Well, it doesn't have to be a hassle. Dent Solutions specializes in the art of paintless dent repair. Just like you need a specialist for neck and back pain, when you have a dent or a ding, you need the dentologist. With Dent Solution of the Napa Valley, San Rafael, Marin, Petaluma, Novato, Fairfield, and Vacaville. For over three decades, Ian Cordol has provided five-star service, specializing in world-class repairs. It's a true art, and if you're a victim of unsightly dents and dings, then the dentologist is your fast, affordable solution to those minor dents and dings. So the dings and the dents with this team, what we already know, Mike Fires, Trevor Rosenthal, going to be out for another month at least. Rosenthal, most likely another two. At most is what I'm hearing, another two months. So the 60-day DL injured list stint in the beginning of the year pretty much is a four-month uh, recovery for him. Hopefully we'll be able to get him back before the playoffs start. I think that the A's are expecting him to be back, but not totally sure how he's going to come back when he's healthy. So there's a lot of not, I don't know about a lot of concern at this moment in time, but there definitely is some, I think, about him. And the A's at the deadline most likely going to make some bullpen additions, so they're not done there, even with the injuries and expecting him back. I still think that they're going to make some moves there. I think that they have to make some moves in the bullpen at the deadline. And so there's those two guys, and then the new injury for the A's, Steven Piscotty, who hasn't really been playing great this year, who's had a lot of playing time get taken away from Seth Brown, who, as I said in the beginning of the show, there's some players that I'm pretty much done with right now, and he's one of them, but we'll talk about him in a little bit. And then there's J.B. Wendelkin, who should be coming back, hopefully by the Giants series this weekend. That would be nice to get another power arm in that bullpen, lengthen it out a little bit, someone in the seventh inning, give Petit some more rest. He's kind of been getting hit around. He's been a little bit better recently, but... Sergio Romo also, he's just, you don't know what you're going to get out of him. He could have a good game. He could have a bad game. Just depends on the location of his pitches. I mean, that's everyone could have a good game, could have a bad game. But 
it really seems like it's so up in the air with him. You're not totally sure what you're going to get when he comes in, comes in. So those are the injuries right now with this team. And with Jesus Cesardo getting sent down, that's not really an injury, but that's someone that you had plans for all year to be in the rotation, helping you win games, and he's done the exact opposite. He was in the rotation for a month. He got hurt. Didn't pitch well at all when he was in the rotation. Moved him to the bullpen. Had two good outings when he came back. And then since then, has been an absolute disaster. And with Jesus Cesardo being sent down, Domingo Acevedo, Acevedo is called up from Las Vegas. Someone that was with the Yankees in 2018. And had some blister injuries, had some other arm injuries, someone that used to throw 100 miles an hour consistently, still mid-90s, upper 90s, but someone that pitched very, very well in the minor leagues, striking out 20-plus over 16 innings, only three walks, so that's really good to add to the bullpen. Hopefully late in the game, if he could get some sort of rhythm going, have him come in, seventh inning, throw some heat, middle of the order, who knows what's going to happen with him, but it's definitely promising someone that signed a minor league contract and then had an option if he wasn't called up by a, a certain time. So I'm glad that they're giving him a chance now. See what we have. Could just be one less move that we have to make with the bullpen if, at the deadline for the bullpen. If this works out, you could focus on some other needs that will also get into, which I think is important for this team going into July. Have one more show left until July's over. And then we have the all-star break. And then right after that, we have the deadline. So it's going to be a little bit slower in July because there's going to be a week of games not being played due to the All-Star game. And then right after that, I'm going to be in full trade deadline, rumor watch, and I'll have all that here for you. But as of right now, no trades being done, just moves within the organization, calling up a lot of relievers, sending down a lot of relievers, haven't seen Raymond Guadin in a while. He got DFA'd. He's now in Vegas. So the lefties on this team, Diekman and Sean Manaya, are pitching very well. Cole Irvin is pitching decently for what we expected out of Cole Irvin. I will take exactly what he's giving us right now. I'll, he's pitching fine for the A's. But that's kind of it. AJ Puck has been hurt a lot and hasn't really shown that he could consistently be out there. Jesus Cesardo wasn't hurt a lot. He got hurt with a silly little injury and hasn't pitched well really since his rookie year when he came out of the bullpen. So that's kind of where we're at right now with the dings and the dents, also just the movement around the A's. So Jesus Cesardo, I'm going to start with him. Like I was saying, some guys that I'm not done with Jesus Cesardo. No, I don't think anyone is done with Jesus Cesardo. But it's definitely about time that he's being sent down. You could only give him so many opportunities to come in late into the game and to not do anything at all that is beneficial for the team. Jesus Cesardo, in 13 games with the A's this year, his ERA is 6.87, and he has allowed 29 runs, 29 earned runs, 11 home runs. In 38 innings. 11 home runs in 38 innings. That's really bad. Jesus Cesardo really did nothing this year to make, I don't think, any Ace fans, anyone in the organization feel comfortable or confident with how he could pitch and 
down the stretch, you hope that in Vegas he'll be able to go down there and get those strikeouts back up because the obviously AAA, it's not the major leagues. I think that's what Jesus Lizardo is probably used to pitching in the minors. So I'm kind of interested to see how this is going to affect him going forward. Jesus Lizardo, to me, just needs to learn how to pitch and not bank off trying to throw 98 right past people. 98 nowadays is pretty much what you see out of everyone. And there's a lot of really good hitters, obviously in baseball, who are going to hit these pitches that you're throwing right down the middle that weren't getting hit a couple years ago when you were in lower lower divisions of baseball, lower leagues of baseball, being a triple-A, double-A, whatever it is. So Jesus Cesardo, who I thought had potential to be a Cy Young candidate, maybe not this year. I said that last year. Short season, I thought that he was going to come up and pitch very well, just dominate. He didn't do that. That was just me hoping. Uh, not really anything that I thought was actually going to happen, but from what I was hearing about him and how he came up and looked, I thought going into the rotation, 60-game season last year, could be tough to pick him up, not that the league hasn't seen him, but apparently he's super easy to hit, is what we've seen over the past two years, with his ERA last year being 4.12, this year 6.87. So with Jesus Cesardo, the issue, I mean, the strikeouts haven't been there recently since he's come out of the bullpen. That was one thing that I was saying in the beginning of the year about Jesus Cesardo a lot is, and a lot, and was just very, very obvious in how he was pitching. That it looks like the stuff is good, which everyone knows he has good stuff. The high 90s fastball, a very good slurve, slider, curveball, whatever it is that he throws. A good changeup, but that's pretty much it. So that repertoire you'd think might be better out of the bullpen anyway, but that wasn't the case. People were coming in, and it seems like they were on the fastball, and then when he'd change things up and throw the off-speed, they'd be on that too. I still think, as I've said 13 weeks in, that he needs to get a hold of another pitch, throw something out there to get them off of pretty much two of the same speeds he has this sub turkey curveball turkey sub or whatever that he's talks about this ephus type pitch that we've not, we haven't seen him throw at all i mean he hasn't he's not even able to throw his fastball by people so he's not gonna be throwing something up there at like 65 but he needs something else to get a third speed up there to try to get these hitters timings off they're going up they're sitting 98 and if it's not that you have the slider and the change up closer to the same speed obviously the slider moves a little bit more but if it's sitting over the middle of the plate that's going to be hit and that's what we saw last week when he's pitched against the yankees we saw shohei otani hit a ball 435 feet off of him so jesus cesardo pretty much is just coming in and giving up runs left and right not really sure what that's about it just it doesn't make any sense to me like i was saying the strikeouts were there but guys were still getting hits and now everyone is just getting hits it doesn't look like he's fooling literally anyone and that shouldn't be the case when you especially left-handed throwing two lefties plus 95 on the fastball and a pretty good off speed you should be able to get them out with those two pitches 
like Deekman. I think Lizardo might have better stuff than Deekman at this point. And Deekman's career being how the fastball's not 97-98 anymore, it's 94-95. Like, Lizardo's now at 97-98. The slider that Deekman has is filthy. That, for sure, is not Jesus Lizardo's... Not, that's not close to Jesus Lizardo's pitch. Deekman's slider is way better than Lizardo. But Lizardo's fastball is quicker, so you think that hitters might try to open up a little bit more but to get around on the fastball but they're seeing it just so well it's it, I'm not sure if that actually is the case but it has to be if his ERA is over six with the stuff that he has it doesn't make any sense how he's not able to put together consecutive outings that he could build off of especially in the bullpen where he's not pitching every day he knows he doesn't have a start to prepare for he could just go out there and throw his pitches but he's not throwing them well, which I think is the last thing that the A's were expecting, considering that he seems kind of like, he seemed in the beginning of the year that the bullpen was exactly the role for him. Come out one or two innings, but at this point, it's just not the case. And we saw Guerra in the game one against Texas be the long man for the A's again. I think, well, supposed to be, he I think ended up only pitching an inning. But there's just a lot of questions about the A's pitching right now, other than Manaya and Bassett, which I think really need to be addressed, which I will talk about all of this later in. But right now, I'm just talking about Jesus Cesardo for a little bit longer, and then I'll talk into about the week of games that we just saw against the Yankees, the Rangers finishing up the last series, and we'll continue on with the rest of the show. But right now, Jesus Cesardo and the impact that he hasn't made and the now decisions that the A's face. What I've been saying is the A's need to add bullpen. They pretty much need to add, I think, one piece at every aspect, rotation, bullpen, and lineup. Defensively, I think you're pretty much set where if you bring in someone that's a defensive liability, that's okay because you have Pinder, who could play the outfield, Tony Kemp, who could play the outfield, Seth Brown, Loriano, Seth Brown, I say, who knows what's up with him, I'll talk about him soon, but Seth Brown, Loriano, Canna, on the infield, you're good, Pinder, Kemp could also play the middle infield positions, Canna could play first if need be, Lowry could play second and third, Andrews could play short, so you are definitely good defensively, position-wise, not sure what the A's would be giving up if they do get a bat, probably would be a piece that's in the majors, I would assume, depending on who they go for. Definitely some minor leaguers. Probably not going to be giving up too much off the roster. I think that at this point, Piscotti, who's hurt, not really sure what you can get for him, but that could be someone that might be moved. I think that that, with where the A's are at, the right-handed hitting is definitely fine. Definitely fine because they have Murphy, Garcia, Chapman, Pinder, Andrews, Canna, Piscotti, Loriano. They're definitely good right. That's eight guys right there. And you have Kemp, Moreland, Brown, and Olsen to be your, your, your 12 on offense. So right now what we're getting is Kemp and Olsen from the left side 
have been phenomenal. They have the two best averages on the team, and Matt Olson might even be hitting 300. So you look at the lineup, and you look at the bullpen and the rotation, and what it seems to be is you need, I think, lefties. Lefties is, I mean, maybe not in the rotation, maybe just another veteran veteran arm in the rotation. You have Manai and Cole Irvin already. If Lazardo could figure it out, big if, you could put him back in there. But that's the big if. You don't. I don't know about three lefties in the rotation when you have teams like the Yankees, the Astros, the Angels, the Red Sox all hit left-handed pitching very well, especially in the playoffs. So maybe not as much left-handed pitching in the rotation. But out of the bullpen, we've pretty much just seen Diekman be the only consistent one this year. And on offense, up until re- not sure... What's up with Tony Kemp? I'm surprised that this is still going where he's hitting 280. But it's been a while now, and he has really good at-bats. He draws a lot of walks. You have to throw him strikes because he doesn't chase pitches. And he knows that strikes are coming to him because you don't want to walk Tony Kemp. You want to make sure that he earns it. He's been a guy in his career that hasn't been a great hitter. And you want to make him earn getting on base. And he's taking full advantage of the pitches that he's seeing this year. He has four home runs this year. He had two in Yankee Stadium, which we'll talk about, which I called, if you remember, against in the short porch. So lefties on offense with Moreland hitting under 230. With Seth Brown, who seems to not have a hit in the past month and a half, who's striking out and popping up every time. And that's that's it right there. So I think... A left-handed bat is still a need for this team, which a couple weeks ago, a month, really two months ago at this point, Seth Brown hasn't been playing well, is when I was saying we might be good with the lefties. Moreland was hot at the time. Seth Brown was playing well at the time. Olsen was being Matt Olsen. Tony Kemp was, that was before his hot stretch, but when you think you have Olsen, Moreland, and Seth Brown, with Seth Brown hitting how he was. You think that you you might be okay, but that doesn't seem the case. And out of the bullpen, Deekman, that's it. So lefties on offense, lefties in the bullpen, and now apparently another starter because Lazardo has shown he can't be in the bullpen right now and he can't be in the rotation. So that also just seems to me, the A's, I was saying in the first one, have had a lot of success with lefty relievers over the past couple years. T.J. McFarlane, Ryan Buchter, Danny Colomb, even a couple years ago. It's just They found guys to come in and just pitch well for them. Be manageable, not be a liability, but this year, this year they're showing a little bit more. And it's hard when you don't have the guys consistently coming back each year. You're finding new pieces each year to come in and do different things, but you think that with Lazardo and Puck in the system that you are okay on the pitching end left-handed, left-handed pitching-wise. And you have Sean Manaya. That's not the case. Jake Diekman is 35. You don't know what he could... He's getting older. Something could happen with him. Knock on wood. But it's just, it's just hard to tell. So I think with Lazardo pitching how he is, and that's just another pitcher giving up runs so now to make up for that you have to add to the offense and with him now being gone in the minors not sure how the pitching is going to be because you had an idea of what you're going to get out of him so now you're calling up guys with even more question marks 
So there's just a lot of questions around this team, pitching and where the offense goes. They seem like they're here, and then two days later, the offense, does, they can't hit. No situational hitting, just not not good on their part. So that's kind of where I'm at with the A's. A lot of question marks. Jesus Cesardo has really given them even more question marks than there should be, and they haven't been playing well recently. I mean, the past week, they, they've been playing okay, but not consistently. They had a, some bad luck against the Yankees with the offense. They got roasted by Texas in the first game. So that's now what I'll lead into, where we did see Jesus Zardo pitch a fair amount. We saw him pitch against the Angels. We saw him pitch against the Yankees before he got sent down. So now we'll take it back to that Angel series last Wednesday where the A's, you know, that was a good series for the A's to kind of get back on track. I was excited about it. Going to Yankee Stadium, you win the last game of that Angel series on Wednesday, 8-4. to Jesus Cesardo didn't pitch in that game. Cole Irvin gave up four runs and five and two-thirds. Burt Smith, Sergio Romo, Lou Trevino, score those things out of the bullpen. Loriano's first game back from injury hit a home run on a 88-mile-per-hour changeup right down the middle, did exactly what he was supposed to do with it. We haven't really seen a lot out of Loriano since he's been back. A couple hits here, but it's been about six, five games. Hopefully start to pick it up, especially I'm just focused on this giant series right now. You have three more against Texas as of where I've been sitting right now. So get right for this giant series, which, gosh darn it, they... They have to play well in that series. They have to play well in that series. So back to game that game against the Angels. They won eight to four. Cole Irvin, his ERA is at three eight nine. So like I was saying, I'm pretty comfortable with where the A's are at with Cole Irvin. His ERA is under four through eighty one innings, and he doesn't really walk anyone. So he's not giving up free passes, fourteen walks in eighty innings, but he's he gives up a fair amount of hits. So it's good to see the walks also not adding up with the hits like we've seen out of some of the other pitchers on the A's, like Frankie Montas, who who start all getting into. So where we left off last week after the last show, they started that, the week off well, winning the first game against the Angels going into the off day where the Astros won. They beat the White Sox, putting them right behind the A's, going into the Yankee series where the A's, thanks to Tony Kemp, who hit that home three-run home run, in the top of the six to give the A's the last three runs of the game and the lead, who hit that home run probably 320 feet right over the wall in right field. I was saying I thought he was going to get one. He ended up getting two. They couldn't capitalize the second game when he hit it, but you got a home run out of Matt Olson. You get a home run out of Tony Kemp, and Matt Olson continues to stay hot. Mark Canna played pretty well in that game. James Caprillion in his first start against the team, that drafted him five and two thirds, seven strikeouts, three hits, three runs, one walk. That's pretty phenomenal. James Caprillion's ERA right now is two eight four, and something that we've seen from Caprillion, other than this last start, is that he's been a little bit wild. He's got had to get out of a lot of jams, but he's the strikeouts have been there. He's getting strikeouts in really good situations when he needs to. You hope that that could continue to happen and the jams kind of start to we don't see those as much anymore if he could stay out of the jams 
I think that he could go deeper into the games. He's only had one start, I think, where he's given up the big inning, and I think that was against Seattle. He got knocked out pretty early. He gave up four and three and two-thirds, but that was the most he's given up in a start, and he gave up three against the Yankees, and other than that, he's given he's thrown two games where he hasn't given up a run, and two games where he's given up two, and his first start where he gave up one against Boston. His ERA has only been at three over over three one time this year. That was after the Colorado start where he had that stretch of eight and two-thirds, gave up six runs and six walks. So the walks have kind of been there for him. But against the Yankees, game one, that's a, I'm sure that he was nervous. I'm sure that he wanted to pitch great against the Yankees. Not sure if the family was there, but you know that had to be special for him. And to get a win, you got to feel good for James Caprillion there, someone who faced so many injuries was supposed to be the Yankees' next big guy in that rotation, but just never had it work out with them because of the arm injuries and all the other stuff that happened to him. So you start that after start the next week 2-0 after our show going into Saturday where the A's had the lead, and then what happened in that game was they gave up one in the sixth, two in the seventh, and three in the eighth, to lose that lead, they scored one in the top of the ninth, but it was too late after Jesus Cesardo came in and gave up three runs, two walks, and a home run in a third of an inning. That was the last outing we saw from Lazardo. And to that point about the strikeouts, like I was saying, he got seven strikeouts in his first four innings out of the bullpen since coming back, zero runs, two hits. After that, He's pitched about five innings and has given up nine runs and has three strikeouts. So the stuff from that Seattle series going into June, Lazardo has been probably one of the worst pitchers in baseball. So that's exactly why he got sent down. Jesus Lazardo, three-run home run given up in the eighth. Romo came in after that, shut things down, gave them whatever chance they had left. So Petit, one inning, a third of an inning, got out Giancarlo Stanton, I think, on, like, one pitch. And so you have to feel good about Petit pitching better. He got Stanton out two days in a row, coming in a big spot. So that's good for him, whose ERA has gone up to over three for after seeing it under one for a while. So there was a stretch where he was giving up a lot of runs for the ERA to go up that high in a short amount of time. But that also just showed that while he was giving up runs, the ERA never got over four, showing how well he pitched in the beginning of the year, so take that rough stretch with a grain of salt that happens with pitchers. Even Petit, who I've always been rough on, just concerns me coming out of the bullpen. Just one of those guys that I've never felt super comfortable with. Someone that has gotten it done a lot, but I, I just worry when he comes into the game sometimes. And Sunday, Matt Olson, first inning, hits a home run, one up. You're up one nothing instantly. And that's it for the A's for that for the day. And the Yankees got two runs off Shamanaya. Gary Sanchez double. That was the only thing Shamanaya gave up all day. Shamanaya's had some unfortunate luck. Not a lot of run support. Should probably have a couple more wins than he does have. Just a tough way to end the series. I mean, you lose. You have first and second in the top of the ninth after two walks against Araldis Chapman. And then you ground into a triple play. If that doesn't just show the A's against the Yankees and how that series has always been 
I don't know what does. You, you're right there. You have a chance. One swing of the bat, three outs, game over, you're done. See you in a couple weeks when we see play again, or whenever it is that the Yankees come here. The A's in Yankee Stadium is... Ugh, God. It's sickening. They always find ways to lose games in Yankee Stadium. Never find ways to win Well, they do win games in Yankee Stadium every once in a while, but it seems like every time the A's go to Yankee Stadium, they, they're they at least going to... They've gotten swept a lot there. But it seems like you know they might get one, but if they win the series... It almost seems like, whoa, am I seeing that right? The A's actually just won a year series in Yankee Stadium? I feel like it hasn't happened in a while. They just continue to lose games there. It's, at least this year, it wasn't Matt Olson getting called out at home when he looked safe. That happened in 2018. That happened in 2019 with replay Matt Olson. But this year, Matt Olson just decided, I'm just going to hit home runs instead against the Yankees. I'm just going to hit doubles and... Not even have to worry about getting thrown out. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna jog around the bases and have it be no problem. Matt Olson, Tony Kemp played really well in that series. Tony Kemp two home runs. Matt, uh, Matt Olson two home runs. But the situational hitting continued to disappoint. There was a stretch where the A's started to get a little bit better with runners in scoring position against the Diamondbacks, the Royals a couple weeks ago, the Angels in the series leading up into that stretch on the road against the Rockies. They started to hit a little bit better, but against the Yankees, against the Rangers, which I'll talk about that game in a second, against the Yankees, especially in that last game, multiple opportunities. Seth Brown keeps coming in, and I feel like pinch hit, swings at the first pitch, pops it straight up. I don't know how many times... I've seen the A's with a runner on third. It doesn't seem like the... I mean, they're still striking out a lot, but it also seems like now they've added the shallow pop-up into the outfield to the mix, which is almost more frustrating. I ah, No, at least they're making contact, but that just seems to be the A's right now. They get guy on third base with less than two outs, and you could pretty much bank on a strikeout or a shallow fly ball into the outfield. That seems to be kind of... What's happening with this team? They didn't get the big hit now in three straight games, having plenty of opportunities. And that's pretty concerning considering where this offense, where this team should be at, how they were in first place most of the year. They are now out of first place, which I'll talk about the standings and the Astros in a little bit. But right now, keeping on this little path of the Yankees and the Rangers series. So the A's keep not getting that big hit. The Astros, every they're scoring over five runs a game, it seems like. They just played very well against the White Sox. That's concerning if you're an A's fan. And now they're playing Baltimore, and they have a lot of series coming up against some pretty bad teams. And you now find yourself out of first place for the first time for more than a day. And pretty much since you gained... Uh, control of first place. The A's were a half game behind the Astros after the last Astros series, and then what happened was the Astros got swept by Texas, and the A's instantly went two and a half, three games back up. And the Yankee, the Astros, I was I was saying a while ago, this was about a month and a half ago, had a pretty tough stretch. The Yankees, the As or the Red Sox, the Twins, some good offenses, and they handled their own. They kept it close to the A's. And now it's kind of turning. 
to where the A's are facing some better teams, and the Astros have the Orioles, they have the Tigers. And the A's right now are trying to get past Texas, and that started with Frankie Montas giving up five runs in the very first inning. The A's lost that game 8-3. to They had opportunities. They had in the fifth inning, in the sixth inning, bases loaded, one out. They were only able to score one run. At that point, they made it 5-2. to two. They scored runs in the 5th, the 6th, the 7th, the Murphy home run. You had the 1 in the 6th and in the 7th. But So what happened was, in the very first inning, you got the first, Frankie Montas gets the first out, and then double walk, single, double walk, home run. You're down 5 nothing. You hold him, he then comes back and pitches 4 innings of pretty good baseball, didn't give anything up. I'm pretty surprised he went back out there for the sixth inning after the A's were able to bring it within three. And then what happens is you get the first two outs of the inning and then single, hit batter, three-run home run. All with two outs. So the A's, they make it a three-run game for Frankie Montas to come back out and give up three runs of his own in the bottom of the inning. He got pulled and that was the scoring for the Rangers. The A's were able to score one in the top half of the inning. But that that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. They got a lucky run on a bad throw for their third run. T Tony Kemp making things happen on the base path. So the A's offense the past three games, they're getting guys on via the walk. They're getting their, their infield. They're just, they're just how the A's get on base. Not a lot of hits, but they're finding ways to get on base. And... Not a lot of hits, and they're missing that big hit from someone that's not Matt Olson or Tony Kemp. I did not think that Tony Kemp was going to be a guy that I am now expecting, not expecting. He Tony Kemp's now a player with how the A's have been playing right now, where if he's not doing anything, I'm a little bit concerned, which concern, which is concerning. Tony Kemp should not be one of those guys. He should be someone that you add to a good lineup that is a role player. He shouldn't be the guy on your team that has a second-best average that is the second-biggest threat with how everyone else is playing right now to get on base, to hit, a ball, to hit the ball, and to make things happen. And that's kind of where the A's are at right now with Matt Olson and Tony Kemp. Matt Chapman had a day, that day off against Texas. He had a really good series against Kansas City. He followed it up by continuing to get hits in the next couple games. He has a seven-game hitting streak right now. But he's only getting, I think, that's getting one hit a game, which I can't be too picky about. He followed up the three for four and a three for five with one for four, one for four, one for three, one for three. And to close it, another one for four, one for five, one for three. So he's not doing it consistently now. He, I mean, he had the two for the three for four and the three for five game, but Matt Chapman has kind of, I guess, he, he's still hitting, but he the power, which looked like it was coming back, has kind of tampered off a little bit. He did hit a home run in Yankee Stadium. He almost hit another off the wall. So hopefully, with the day off in Texas, get that up. I want to see the average start getting closer to 250. It's at 225 right now. So Matt Chapman hopefully is going to be back in the lineup game two against Texas. And that leads me into someone who I was saying was playing better than Matt Chapman 
and as quickly as I said that, it was flipped. Seth Brown went from hitting 220 as quickly as he got here to now 188. And he has he does have a couple hits. He had a couple hits against Kansas City. He had one hit in Yankee Stadium. But he's just not doing anything. He's striking out a lot. He's not putting good at-bats together. He hasn't walked in a while. The Kansas City series where everyone was hitting, he did pretty good. But everyone did good against Kansas City, they, other than the first game. But it's just the, the lineup right now is kind of slowing down. And it's Jed Lowry's now hitting under 240. Mitch Moreland's hitting under 250. I think he's also hitting like 234. Elvis Andrews still stuck at 220. Murphy's been at 215 for a while. So right now you have two guys, three guys, four guys, final answer, hitting over 250. And other than that, no one's hitting over 240. Cole Irvin's hitting 500. That's pretty good. But that, that, that was a joke. It's just a depressing joke looking at the A's lineup, seeing... 238, 235, 234, 225, 220, 217, 215, 200, 188. Sky Bolt got called back up, hitting a whopping .071. Yikes. 1 for 14 for Sky Bolt. He hit the meaningless home run in a game that the A's were up 6 runs off a 35-year-old pitcher who hasn't been able to really get anyone out in 2 years now. So, Sky Bolt... Not, I, he's just up right now. In the meantime, hopefully, you got to get some guys back with Pinder, not Pinder, uh, with Piscotti, hopefully coming back soon. So, well, I guess he just went on the 10 day injured list. But Sky Bolt's just here. Defensive purposes, give Canaloriano maybe a day off in the outfield, or if they're up, get them off their feet, throw him out in the outfield. He's a pretty good defensive outfielder, but that's pretty much all he brings to the table right now. So, the A's, the lineup. You have to add to it, which brings me back to the very beginning. You're not scoring runs. The pitching has been pretty good, other than you're not getting anything out of Montas, who's been very bad. Jesus Cesardo, who got sent down, has been pretty bad. Manaya been very, very good. Bassett, very, very good. Both those guys top 10 in the league in ERA. And you have Trevino, who's pitched a lot better recently. Diekman, who's pitched a lot better recently. And that's kind of not it, but in terms of who I'm comfortable seeing pitching right now is those four guys, Cole Irvin against a team that's not good. That's not not a great offensive lineup I feel pretty comfortable with, which is not something that you should have going into the playoffs. So that leads me into kind of where I started with what you need to add to, and I've kind of talked about the players that have not been playing well, not producing as much as they were or as much as expected. There's definitely signs showing, but um, over 70 games into the season, you, ju you just start to wonder at this point, is it going to be turned around by a couple of guys, and if not, who will be added to this team and what can they provide? And can can they provide that shot in the arm? What can they provide to this team? And who will it be? So that's going to come up next. So we're going to, on the other side of the ad, we're going to talk about 
we're going to continue talking about who needs to step up. We're going to talk about who I'd like to see come to this team who's realistic. And a couple weeks ago, I talked about Trevor Story. I think that's a little bit less realistic. That was more of a, a dream scenario. But we're going to talk about the moves the A's normally make and what's realistic to this team. And we're also going to be talking about what's next on the schedule and what's left with the rest of this Rangers series coming up and the Giants series and just what we're expecting looking into the 4th of July homestand and into the All-Star break. So that's all coming up next, which is sponsored by American Asphalt. Customers, tenants, and visitors get their first impression of your business right in the parking lot. Pave the way for a beautiful experience, attracting and retaining tenants, residents, and protecting your business against liability with asphalt paving and concrete services from American Asphalt. Show us your ugliest asphalt, your worst sidewalks, your faded parking lot striping. We'll restore it to its former glory. Our award-winning team has the experience and equipment to tackle your toughest paving challenges. We've been serving the San Francisco Bay Area since 1983. American Asphalt is your one-stop source for paving services in the Bay Area. We specialize in all aspects of concrete and asphalt, serving a range of industries, including residential communities, commercial and industrial complexes, schools, restaurants, wineries, special event centers, and more. We are committed to serving the communities we work for. The road to success is always under construction. Ensure your business is at its best with industry-leading asphalt paving and concrete services from American Asphalt. Contact us today by going to www.americanasphalt.com. So what's next on the schedule for the A's is three more games against Texas, followed by three against San Francisco. And the next time I'll be talking to you, again, we'll be in the middle of another series against Texas. The A's actually play Texas 10 out of the next 19 games. So they have the Giants, the Rangers, the, the, Rangers, the Red Sox, and the Astros to close out June and the first week of July, 4th of July week. You see the Red Sox. So that's what the A's have coming up. They have three against the Rangers. You should be able to win those three games if your team is playing well. The Rangers are the Diamondbacks of the American League, one of the worst teams in baseball, especially with how they've been playing recently. They had two three-run home runs in the first game. That's hard to bounce back from. That won't happen every game. So you, you think that the A's have a pretty good chance. You have three games against the Giants. Which, which are going to be tough games. The Giants have really, really good pitching. Their offense seems to be playing very well this year. Evan Longoria is hurt, but they have Posey playing well. Crawford's playing fairly well. Actually, a lot of power this year. Yastrzemski's playing better. They have some... They they they're the, they found ways to win back then. They're finding ways to win right now, even though they're technically not supposed to. I was not expecting them to be good this year. Maybe that also is wishful thinking. I do a lot of that, but and then after the Giants, you have that the home stand beginning where you see the Texas Rangers again and the Red Sox for three Fourth of July before you head back on the road to see Houston, Texas before coming back home. So that's what the A's have right now: three against Texas, three against the Giants, and another three against Texas. And then there's the Astros, who are now a game up on the A's, and their whole team. Their whole team just seems to be hitting right now. 
Carlos Correa's batting average, he's got an up from 260 to almost 300. Michael Brantley's got his up from like 320 to 350. Gurriel's hitting 330. Altuve's hitting over almost 300. Jordan Alvarez is hitting over 300. So the Astros could have five guys hitting over 300. They had four before. Their offense kind of slowed down, and now they're heating up, and now here comes a fifth guy to make them even better. And now that they're starting to get hot, what does their schedule look like? Well, we know we, they play the A's in July, but in the meantime, you have them in the middle of a three-game series against Baltimore, four games against Detroit, and then another three against Baltimore, and then four against Cleveland before they see the A's, the Yankees, and the White Sox. So they will have a little bit of a tough stretch. Hopefully, if the A's are playing well, that won't be easy games for them to win, which have been all year. They are home games in Houston, so that's going to be tough. So right now what the A's are looking at is a stretch where the Astros can very easily win the next nine games. And they have won the previous one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine games already. Going into two of the worst teams in baseball. So the Astros are playing phenomenal baseball right now. And the A's offense in the last three games has disappeared. Which is pretty much seem, seems how it goes. Um, the A's have played well when the Astros have not. And the Astros have played well when the A's have not. And even with the A's, and now it's kind of changing to where the Astros have just been playing well. They haven't had any stretches in a while where they haven't played well. And the A's still kind of, kind of seem to be in that stretch of, we'll have a good week and then a little bit of a rougher week. And a good week and a little bit of a rougher week. So they need to be able to take it week to week like the Astros are now starting to do. They're pitching, the Astros pitching this month and recently has been the only pitching staff better than the A's. Their ERA is under three, and after, I'm not sure what, and they gave up two runs yesterday, and the A's giving up eight yesterday. Their ERA definitely went up from, I think it was like 3-2, probably 3-3, 3-4, so they may not even be in top three in pitching right now for the past month, or for the month of June, and the Astros have been pitching phenomenal. Their offense has been hitting very well. About a month ago, two months ago, they had four guys hitting over 300. Kind of tampered off a little bit. And it was Gurriel and Brantley hitting over 300. About 305, 310. And now Brantley leads Major League Baseball in hitting. Gurriel is hitting 320. Jordan at 310. Altuve at 298. And Carlos Correa at 295. That's terrifying. That is absolutely terrifying. Those are five of the best offensive players in baseball. The Astros have them hitting one through five in their lineup. And the A's seem to have two guys, three guys that can get them out. Which leads me back into kind of the my unintentional but now main topic of today is additions to the team. What I think is realistic, pitching-wise, I'm not totally sure about bullpen pieces around the league. I still think that you could look to Colorado. I still think that Daniel Bard is an option, but he's right-handed. Maybe look to the Phillies who I know have Jose Alvarado, who's a left-handed pitcher who throws pretty hard, used to be on Tampa Bay. Control issues in the past, but they've had Diekman, who 
walked everyone to now pitching a lot better. So maybe change of scenery for him, come to a team that has a better chance. Starting pitching, I'm not totally sure where you go to look at that either, just because I'm not sure what the A's game plan is. They've We've seen them recently in years get Edwin Jackson, Homer Bailey, Trevor Cahill, Brett Anderson, Tanner Roark. They've added guy veteran guys that have been suitable but no one that they trust enough, I feel like, to go out and throw a game in a playoff series. I So I think that if that's the case, you have to look at the National League, where there's a lot of teams that could be fighting for the wild card that could be looking to give up a pitcher to get an edge offensively, maybe like Cincinnati, maybe the Brewers. The Pirates have some decent pitching. They're not so great. There's definitely teams to look at over there. Kansas City Royals is a team that you're not sure about. They don't really have great pitching. So pitching, I'm not totally sure what direction that they would go just because they, other than Jerice Familia, I think 2017, 2018, can't remember what year that was. That was a pretty big acquisition to that bullpen, but that's kind of it that they've done to their pitching staff in terms of like, big name acquisitions and then offensively they haven't really done much at the deadline the past couple years because I guess they felt like they haven't really needed to having Chris Davis having Chapman Olsen Simeon I think that catcher then was what they should have done but now they have Sean Murphy so I don't think that you're going to have him out of the lineup I think that at this point you have to look at David Peralta Rosario on the Indians, who was on the Twins, like blanking on his first name right now. And I think also the switch hitter market going back to Arizona. Eduardo Escobar, I think, could be good. I think if you look at Rockies, I've talked about Trevor Story, but I like Charlie Blackman. I think that can be doable. I think Tapia could be doable. Peralta, I think, is doable. Escobar is doable. But the name that is being thrown around a lot, which I also would not mind, Ace fan, he's given Ace fans nightmares for years, Nelson Cruz. Nelson Cruz, 40 years old, hitting 290, 14 home runs, 30, 40 RBIs this year, looking like he did 10 years ago. Even better than he did 10 years ago. So Nelson Cruz, I think, could be the most realistic options just because the Twins aren't good. He is a DH only, so you're not going to have to give up a too much for a guy that's 40, a 40-year-old 40 DH for a team that isn't close to making the playoffs, but a player that will probably be looked at by a lot of teams. So for me, I think that I would be the most happy with Peralta and Nelson Cruz, actually Charlie Blackman, but I think that that is the most, that would be the hardest one to get out of all of them. So I think David Peralta, Nelson Cruz are the two offensive bats to look at. Pitching, Jose Alvarado from the Phillies, left-handed pitcher, reliever, throws 95 to 99. Starting pitching, I'm not sure where you go. You still have some time to figure it out for teams to kind of show if they're the 500 teams to kind of drop or rise to know kind of where you're picking from. So I'll have a little bit more on the starting pitching maybe next week or in two weeks, but offensively, 
I think with where the A's are at now, yes, the deadline's at the end of July. But you need to do it now. You can't, now that we're about to be in July, almost kind of the halfway point in the year coming up, you got to be better than you were the first half of the year because the Astros are now better than they were. You have to be able to score against the Astros, something that the A's have not done, and you have to be able to pitch against the Astros. So I think that these moves need to happen before the deadline, which is why I'm talking about this now and not in a couple weeks from now, but I will continue to talk about this through July, through this last week of June, because this is something that it is fans know. The trades, the moves are something that if they happen, they come fast and furious. I think Fast and Furious 9 or 10 is coming out soon. Not a sponsor, but just a lot. it happens a lot, and it happens often with the A's. Not a lot of big moves, but like we've seen a couple years ago, they added Familia, and they added, I'm totally blanking on his name at the moment, but another closer, Fernando Rodney. They added, not a big move that same year, they added Homer Bailey, they added Deacon, they added... Uh, Roark, so a lot of these, or that was a year after they added Familia, they added four or five pitchers that, not big names other than Familia, but, you know, were serviceable enough to extend the bullpen to where you could have the good guys come in in their specific roles. If you're out of a game, if you're down by a run, you throw one of those guys out there, hope they could keep it close. You're not throwing away an inning, but you're not throwing away one of your better pitchers in a situation that wouldn't most benefit the team. So I think for the A's, they have a lot of those guys that they can throw out there right now. You have Burt Smith, Pedrosen, Sergio Romo. When Delkin's coming back, he's the guy that I like in the seventh, sixth inning in a one-run one game or tied. And I think that you need another guy for the seventh inning that's not Yusumero Petit. Or I guess I, it's kind of tough to tell because you might have Rosenthal coming back, which you could then move Diekman and Trevino to 7-8, and eight, but you still are not sure of that. So I think that you need to get someone that can be a closer if need be, like I was saying with Romo in the beginning of the year, kind of like what we saw with Soria, but better than Joaquin Soria, someone that can step in and close if Trevino has been struggling or if Diekman needs a night off. You don't want to throw Petit in the ninth inning. You're not going to throw Romo out there. I don't think Wendelkin's ready to get a save opportunity. So you got to add guys to not to, to tune up the team. I think that on offense is where you need to make the big punch. And in the rotation, I think that I would be okay with not a Homer Bailey move, but you don't need to go out and get a, a number one or a number two. I don't think that the A's even have enough to give up for that unless they do decide to move on from Lazardo or Puck, which I'm not sure what you could even get for them right now. You probably could still get something. As I was said many times, Lazardo, not even a full year in baseball. So he still has a lot of time to develop. You do have some pieces, but not sure what the A's are wanting to give up with how they with the guys that they have right now, contracts coming to an end. The next group could be there in 2023-2024 when this group, if the A's don't win, get shipped off. You hope I think Matt Olson is an absolute animal. I think that he needs to be priority number one going forward. And I think that right now priority number one needs to be David Peralta or Nelson Cruz. That's what I think that this team needs right now. Peralta or Nelson Cruz. Peralta hasn't been great 
but that's a left-handed hitter that might just need to play somewhere else that has hit 250, 260 in the past, that has hit 30 home runs in the past, that has hit 30-plus doubles in the past, that could fit right into this team and fill a hole that is being left open by Seth Brown hitting 188. Anyone is better than 188. Maybe not anyone, but not a lot of guys are hitting under 188 right now that are playing as much as Seth Brown. So you got you got to get better at that spot. And that's all I have. You got to get better there. You got to start looking to do it now within the next couple weeks and not the end of July when more players are coming off the board, when there's some more bidding wars. Do it now. Do it early. Make a statement. Let the world know that Oakland is here for the playoffs and they're here to stay. That's all I have. I'll see you next week. Go A's. And let's beat the Giants, huh? It's about time. We have a better team than them. We should. Let's get it done. I'll see you next week. House Doctor Painting, located out of San Jose, has provided quality painting in the Bay Area for over 30 years. A proven 21-step preparation process will ensure your paint job looks spectacular for years to come. Owner of five consecutive years on Angie's List Superior Service Award, House Doctor Painting is a fully licensed and insured painting contractor, able to take on any painting challenges. We specialize in exterior and interior painting of homes, duplexes, condos, townhomes, apartments, rental properties, and restoration of Victorian homes. If you're in the Bay Area or around San Jose, give House Doctor Painting a call at 408-979-0555 or go to housedoctorpainting.com. Bay Area Painting since 1989 for the health of your home.